San Francisco vote to allow police use of deadly robots spurs concern and outrage. Um, what exactly makes a robot deadly? Like, does it have, like, weapons attached to it? Yeah. So San Francisco is allowing police to use <laughs> robots to deal with problems. A vote by city supervisors in support of allowing police to use robots to kill people in emergency circumstances has drawn criticism from experts in law enforcement and security who say could lead to dangerous and unintended consequences. But yeah, uh, I saw this headline a few days ago, maybe three or four days ago now. Um, and then today I sort of looked it up again. Um, and on NPR, they're talking about how San Francisco supervisors bar police robots from using deadly force for now. So so it already got shut down. It's gotten shut down. <laughs> well, I mean, it takes all the emotion out of it, so you can't have bad cops if they're robots. I guess that's not necessarily true. You can have bad robot. You ever seen a high robot? <laughs> you can have bad robots. Yeah, I guess it's just like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, robots doing anything is is pretty fucking terrifying in my opinion especially like once you start getting into like it making decisions like well, I guess it's not really making decisions necessarily but and that's the thing is it is it making the decisions that the police were are supposed to be making or is it just following orders you know what I mean yeah if, instead of chasing on foot are you just sending, sending a, a robot? robot I mean the good news about that is like where does it go from here, you know? Because, like, if we could do, like, robots in the military, that would be cool. Because, I mean, I feel like we are getting to the point where we're technologically advanced enough that we shouldn't have to fight wars with people. If you, I mean, I think you're losing a lot of human losing lives. robots yeah, versus you humans. you could just lose robots, and it's, like, it's just parts. Yeah. They've, I mean, it's... I don't know how closely you've been following, but it, it's been crazy to see the um, the the battle un, unfold from UK, Ukraine and Russia. I've seen some film with um, different pieces of technology. Like, they're almost drones, sort of. Even in China with the lockdowns, like having how they have um, technology that is now imposing force on people is, is pretty crazy. It is crazy, and I mean, I guess that's part of what they're trying to do in San Francisco but it's scary to be on the receiving end of that because like it will like it's gonna screw up you know like that's something that no matter how much you test it there's gonna be problems with it and when the problems are just like people dying and stuff it's like you know I feel like you have to it there's no amount of testing I feel like that could really get it right you kind of just have to put it out there at some point. Yeah, and I, I do see it says that the police said they had no plans to arm the robots with guns, but they wanted the ability to put explosives on them in extraordinary circumstances. So, Yeah, well, I mean, it's there are there's going to be circumstances where you can't just send someone running into a situation, you know? Like, it would be useful against, like, an active shooter or something. 
as opposed oh, yeah. to sending a guy in there like okay there's a guy who's has a gun in this house go in and get him you know as opposed to just sending some kind of robot that can just like take him out if you you know if it needs to go down that way right and when i when i first saw the headline i just i didn't see anything about the police force it, i just saw san fran voted on uh robots using weapons or whatever and or being able to kill people and i immediately thought it was going to be some researching like it was for research purposes it wasn't to un- like roll out with the police force i thought it was going to be in some lab somewhere but i guess they've probably already been doing that for a while right for sure i mean something like if it even touches the public eye like that it's been under development for a long long time especially if they want to uh roll it out on like public streets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah. You know. Um I don't I don't really know what the crime rates are like there, but Yeah, me neither. There's gotta be some. I feel like any big city there's gonna be a little bit of a spike, but as far as big city goes, I don't know where it ranks. Yeah, that's true. Are you gonna look it up or what? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Let's go. Yeah, I I can't say I've been in San Francisco. My cousin lives there. I've never been out there though. Uh, Didn't you? I've been you in California. Been to, you have been to California, yeah. Okay. San Diego. Oh, that's right. I think that was that was the main part where I was. Okay, bottom half among major U.S. cities. Oh. So. In terms of crime. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, assault rates are 55 and 45% lower than the average of 20 major cities. So I guess it's actually okay there. Not bad. Well, then they really don't need the robots out there. Yeah, but I guess it's a good place to start. Yeah. Versus dropping them off in super crime areas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's just one. I I just feel like the it's a scary concept, but the idea of humans not having to get put themselves in super dangerous situations to help out someone else when they don't have to and you could put a robot in that same position and still help the same amount of people like i don't see a reason not to do that yeah so have you seen the movie i robot no all right no i won't talk about it i just i feel like that's robots are gonna take over no but like (laughs) but because uh tesla just released full self-driving the first like update oh really your tesla yeah if you Uh, purchase that package you could update it to that for the first time like not that long ago have you used it yet no god i wish dude my tesla doesn't have it (laughs) just kidding um but like that's another thing like if your car can get you home places if you're in a situation where you can't safely drive, you know, like I just feel like that's going to cut back on like that idea is going to cut back on like drunk driving or I don't know, another situation where it's not, maybe you're not quite right for you to drive. Would you do that? Would I let my Tesla drive me around? If you were drunk, like yeah. would it, would you let? Yeah. If I went to the bar and I like, you were just over the legal limit? It got to that point. Or are you like staggering, walking out the building? 
I mean, I think in any situation, I'd probably let it go. I mean, I would let my Tesla drive me anywhere. Like, I love the idea of if you, like, have to go somewhere for work and you just leave in the morning and you just, like, put your destination in and you're just sitting and, like, eating breakfast and, like, check catching up on emails and stuff while you just ride in your car. It's like an Uber. Yeah. It's scary, though. I think it would be really scary to do it for the first time, especially, like, you press a button and then, like, you just don't touch the steering wheel. I feel like that would be, like, a weird... I don't know if I could do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've driven in vehicles that have, like, the lane assist, so if they feel you moving, they, like, redirect you. Yeah. And that's an interesting feeling, but I don't think... I don't think I could fully let go of not having that responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone. I think that's not going to be, like, I don't think every car one day will be autonomous. Maybe. I mean, maybe someday far, far down the line. But I feel yeah. like you'll just be seeing a lot more progress with the assisted driving stuff. Like, my car does cruise control, but it also has a sensor in the front. So, if the car slows down in front of me, my car will slow down too. So, it's like a real cruise control that you don't have to, like, if you go on the highway, you never have to touch the gas or brake because it's just going to automatically keep you, like, however many car lengths away from the car in front of you. Do you, you like that? You oh, use yeah. that? use it all the time. Do you have automatic headlights? Or not headlights, high beams? Yeah. How do you like that? I <laughs> Can you turn the automatic off? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I usually do. But it's nice when... It's tough in like a, going through like a town or like a highway where there's a lot of lights because some things will just like set it off. Like if I drove past a house and they had like a bright light in their driveway, it mm-hmm. would like cause it to turn off but um it's nice for like it's nice when you don't see a lot of cars and it's like back roads i guess because you kind of just like aren't paying attention to the idea you have to flip your lights on and off Mm. and then you don't end up like kind of being a dick to someone because it kind of just does it for you but i don't know i use it sometimes when i'm feeling super lazy i'll do the cruise control the automatic beams and then the lane assist and just like you're barely driving. <laughs> That's crazy. I can't do that. Yeah, you would definitely do the self-driving Tesla. For sure. That. Yeah, That's like a dream. I would, love, I would love that. That's crazy. You just go to the grocery store. Don't have to drive. You just like go in your car and hit a button and then yeah. you're just at the grocery store. Yeah. And you don't got to worry about tickets and stuff either, right? Theoretically? I guess not because it's going to keep you... It's not going to speed... Like, I don't think you can tell it to speed, you know, or like run a stoplight, you know, I don't like, I guess it could happen, but I feel like it's almost less likely, like you're definitely less likely to speed because you're not, you can't rush it. Right. But I'm pretty sure you can like set it to aggressive versus more passive. Like if you are in a rush, as far as like merging into a highway and stuff Mm. goes, I don't know that for sure. No, no. No, I, I didn't even think about that merging onto like eighty one or so, or yeah. ninety five or sixty six or something. Would you you wouldn't be able to just let it go? I don't think so, dude. I, that's scary sounding. Especially like. if there's a lot of traffic. Oh man, if it's like three in the morning. That's one thing, but if it's yeah, but it's six thirty or seven a.m. Not happening. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like by the time I can probably like afford a Tesla, it'll be farther on down the line as far as the technology. So I'll probably definitely trust it at that point. That's reasonable. Because right now I feel like it is a little sketchy because it's the first time like it came out. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely not close to owning a Tesla. Right. So 
Yeah. Isn't it funny you don't see anybody like really advocating for people to uh, trust the self-driving? Or maybe I'm just ignorant. You see anybody like pressing the issue? No, because I mean, it's not there yet, right? It's not foolproof. If it was foolproof, then I feel like there will come a day when people will advocate for it. What makes it foolproof? It can't. No accidents? No, no it can't make a mistake. I mean, I guess it doesn't make mistakes now, but there's like still those decisions where it's like, you know, if it's going to hit something, does it swerve into the ditch and potentially do more damage to you or does it just hit the car and potentially do more damage to the other person? Because that's like, that's a decision. That's not, there's no number for that, you know? Yeah. So either way, it's it's going to negatively impact you. What do you mean as far as that, just like in that scenario? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, what would you do in that situation? <laughs> like if you had no choice and you're right. either hitting a tree or hitting this oncoming car. But I guess that that's not a good example because obviously the tree would be better than the oncoming car. But you hit a turning vehicle or swerve off into the ditch, potentially hurting yourself more. Or if you hit the turning vehicle, like you're not going to, you're not going to get as fucked up that way. What are you doing? Hitting the vehicle or going to the ditch? I don't know. I've never, I've never been in that situation before. Oh, I'd like though? to say, I'd like to say that I would do what I would, harm myself over someone else yeah that's what i'm thinking that's what you what that's what you'd like to think but you don't know i mean and and also it really depends like is is someone turning but there's no one in the passenger seat so this could potentially just like screw up the cars and not hurt either of us like that's definitely the better option right but it's like stuff like that you know yeah or if they got a kid in the back seat or something and and there's no way of there's no way of like telling that well, yeah. No, I mean to like a computer, to like oh, when you're yeah. dri- like a self-driving. There's no way of being like, there's a kid in that car. <laughs> yeah, because they can't. Well, they can't see the baby on board sticker on the back window. Not yet. See, that's what I'm saying. Ah, not yet. You're saying. Well, what if there was a like a way that, and also this would require everybody to be driving something on the same like connected network that you could like register like, or some have some way of being able to tell. How many people are in your car at a given time? And is there a child in the back seat? And like be able to say you're married with a kid, but this particular day you're driving by yourself and I'm coming and I have a risk of hitting you. But like the car could tell my car that it's just you in there. So the best course of action with the least possible injury risk is for me to just hit your passenger side door. But if your wife was in there, then it would say, okay, if you hit this person's passenger side door, like it's going to be really bad. So you were going to have to put it in the ditch. So is it going to tell you that, is it just the car making that decision or is it going to tell you? Because then if it recognizes that there's somebody in the passenger seat and it still proceeds to hit that car, then it hits that car versus the other option. Then you might have a lawsuit on your hands, right? Right. But I also don't think it would tell you. It would just be an internal, like a decision that gets made being like, What's the lowest injury potential from a, this collision? And that's just data. I mean, hit like t- millions of crash tests with dummies and stuff. Right. I just feel like it would be able to, it could in theory be able to tell like best course of action, least amount of injury risk. 
for all people involved is for you to go in the ditch. And I think that's just, you know, I feel like everybody could probably live with that because it is technically the right thing to do at that point. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, definitely. The less people that get involved, well, it's just, it's a wobbler, man. You don't, it can go either way. Right. Cause you don't want to, I mean, you could involve more people in the accident, but the, if it's just minor, you know what I'm saying? If it's something minor, it's yeah. I don't think it's necessarily about involving people. It would have to be like greatest risk of injury and how's uh, the severity of the injury injury. Cause it's like if me hitting your car re- results in both of us getting like our shoulder pulled a little bit versus me going in the ditch causes like a, it's likely I get like a concussion or paralyzed. Or yeah. Something. something crazy. It's like the best course of action is to hit whatever to to do yeah to do the one that pulls your shoulder out or it might pull someone else's shoulder out but then i guess you kind of have to factor in like the sum is the sum of those less than just the one and how do you how do you quantify you know what i'm saying it gets into the point where it's like how do you quantify these things and the only way i i could see that working is is like you're right or how you said where the cars almost have they have to be like the same car on the same network. Maybe not the same car, but on the same network. Yeah, it has. They have to be able to talk to each other, or else there's really no way to where you know the speed of your vehicle and the other vehicle. Yeah, I don't know. That's a wobbler. I, it's like billions of data points that need to be collected for one collision to just be like, okay, this is the best way to go about what's about to happen. And I mean, honestly, in a sense, it's like telling the future because it's like this is what's gonna happen. This is what the results are going to be. Yeah. And you just got to pick the right option, right? It's sort of like Tetris. Yeah. Oh, cause you can see the one that's about to come. Yeah. Damn. And you know where it's, you just got to pick the right option. So it fits in perfectly. Damn. Welcome back to the good Fridays podcast. We're back. Episode Ocho. Back. Like we never left. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah, feels good to be back. Always good to be chatting it up. Yes, sir. What's new with you? Not a whole lot. Um, last weekend, what did we do last weekend? Well, I started getting back in the gym again, so that's been nice. Um, going in the the mornings on the, uh, the evening on Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning I went. And then evening yesterday. I was about to say, if you're going in the morning on the weekdays, you must be getting up nah. at 3 a.m. or something crazy. Well, this morning, I, I I worked out a little bit. We got a gym at our office, so I did some stuff in there in the morning because nice. I got there really early. Nice. But um, Are you able to, like, shower there? Yeah, well, after? yeah. That's nice. Yeah, they that's got, nice like, a touch. locker room and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then this weekend, I went grocery shopping, did some stuff around the house. Nothing too crazy. Um, yeah. And then basketball on Sunday. Love that. What about you? Um, oh, <laughs> I was in Culpeper, uh, me and the, the boys from the band, shout out Matt, Ben, and Jason, nice. got together and did some, some jamming and some fellowship, so that was good, I hadn't seen them in a while. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just did that all day Saturday, and then stayed the night there, and then Sunday I watched the Steelers with my old man, and came back, so it was good though, I mean, it was good to get up there. Sounds like a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. Finally, this weekend, though, coming up, I'm just chilling. 
which is good because I, I would love to do that. So, um, yeah, I feel that I was doing some chilling this this past weekend oh, so for the nice. most part. So it was nice. nice. And then this weekend, um, I think Sears work in a couple of days, and then Saturday we got something going on. But I don't know. Should be good. Yeah, it's just. Um, I feel like I've been kind of going nonstop here for a while, so it'll be nice to stay a little bit closer to home and do some relaxing. But so I see you guys have added some more uh, Christmas decorations, a little by little. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all kind of hand-me-down stuff. Like my mom kind of just had all this extra stuff because she is like going insane with the amount of Christmas stuff she's buying for our house, my the house I grew up in. But, so I had like just kind of that big bin right there. It's all kind of just Christmas stuff. So yeah, it's it's nice though. I like I love when it, the house is decorated. It's very cozy. Damn, that's a big bin. Dude, it was just kind of like loaded up. And then we bought a bunch more lights. And then she also gave us that tree out there. So which is nice because it's like you know, a fake tree, like, you can have it forever. Like, that's a nice enough size. Like, I'll probably use that for a really long time. Yeah, it is a nice size. Yeah, and I do want to someday, like, have a real Christmas tree, but obviously and not now in right. this apartment. So. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's cool. Is your place decorated up? It's. I mean, it's... We gave it a shot. You know what I mean? I, I expect the next couple of years to be a little more... Um, I don't know. Sierra did her thing decorating, and I like it. But I'm also I would like a real tree at some point. Um, we kind of have a small fake tree right now, but that's the plan for for one day. You know? Yeah. Go all out. Yeah. I, I I'm cool with kind of building my collection as it goes. But we I mean it, it's nice now. Like we have some a good amount of lights and and stuff. So I want some more time to kind of piece some more stuff together. So hopefully it'll be looking really really nice by the end of it all heck yeah yeah on the um on the drive over here today compared to last week there's a lot more christmas lights and i guess because it's finally december um people decorating their house yeah i feel like it really spikes obviously after thanksgiving that's when i i don't like to have stuff up before thanksgiving so right but yeah, yeah. it's nice i i'm a christmas light guy so the one thing I didn't like is there was a few houses, no disrespect to any of these homeowners, but their lights were just strobing and weird, and they weren't real colorful or any. It was just like a flashing light. You know what I mean? Dude, <laughs> flashing lights? Yes. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like some people just really be fucking up the, what the outside of their house looks like on Christmas. Like, you got to you gotta put some time in, man. Like, there's like a... One of our neighbors has... Christmas lights like on their balcony so we do too but one of them just it literally is just like thrown on there it looks like somebody just threw up lights. Really? like <laughs> so many and they're so gross it's like if you're gonna do it do it and if right. you don't want to don't you know right. like I don't I'm not upset at the people who don't have anything because it's like they just didn't feel like putting the work in I yeah. get that that's fine it is kind of annoying but it's like if you're gonna do it try also inflatable things I can't stand those no, I drove by another, yeah, I drove by another house and it was just like, I don't know, you, it's like 
the amount of things I saw in their yard, like the inflatable stuff and the lights and everything, they got to be hoarders, man. Dude. Because there's no way they're just holding all this stuff just for Christmas. They got to have shit for everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Those inflatable things, man, they're so expensive. And I just think they just look so trashy. Yeah. But they're expensive. It's not like... They're not cheap. The really big ones do those things are like, you know, a few hundred bucks. And if you're plugging... If you're just keeping it plugged in, you're running that electric Yes, bill. dude. I don't even think... It's, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. The... the um. Inflatables, flashing lights, can't get behind it. I like something. I like simple. But so you guys didn't have any inflatables growing up? No, no. So my mom would always just do our porch, and then with lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then she also bought those things that you stick in the ground and they like project stars. Oh yeah, they're lo- it's like a what well, they're like. No, they're not disco lights, but they um, they shine up on the house. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a projection of like a million little. But they change dots. Or no? no, it's just like one's red ah, and one's okay. green. So it just like kind of gives your house like a little bit more like pop, I guess. I've never been a huge huge fan, but it's a nice way to get more out of your house without doing too many lights, like because you just stick them in the ground and then they project like out in the yard and then they project to the house. So. But yeah, shout out mom. She always goes all out and it always looks really good at our house. Heck yeah, shout out. Yep, yep. When's the last time that you and Hunter Biden had a conversation? Uh, I think it might have been the fifth Tuesday of last April. What about you? Uh, Just the other day. Yeah, how's he he's doing? Pretty regular. Good, good. He's coming on next week, dude. He's such a good dude. <laughs> he's just a he's a stand up citizen, man. Oh, man, I want my kid to be like Hunter Biden. I want to be like Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> have you been following? Did you did you read the the Twitter files? The Twitter files. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean the Hunter Biden thing itself is kind of old news, but right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little bit. The most of the stuff. I was seeing about it was just sort of exposing that uh, big tech companies don't really follow the Constitution even when they're primarily functioning in the United States. Well, it's so crazy, and I feel like a lot of people are looking at this as like there. It's like a rehash of the Hunter Biden story. People are like, just get over it. Right, but like, it's already done. That's not what this is about. It's the fact that Twitter just hid this before potentially election altering i'm not saying if it would have not happened that the election would have been different but it's potentially election altering right and they just completely hit it and that's like super fucked up like that's the (laughs) it's literally a place that you should be going to get information and they were just hiding information for a lot of people it's where they get their news yeah and they just hit it because it was it was not good for the left side, so they hit it. But like this, this really breaks it down in kind of a cool way and exposes a lot of things. Like, so they were offering that service to both sides. I did hear that that to clean stuff up while Trump was in office, and then yeah, for the but but here's like here's the crazy part is like the contributions, like political money sent not from Twitter directly but from like employees or associates of Twitter 
in 2020, 98.47% of the money went out to the left side. Wait, what? 90 98% of the money. So they sent $968,749 <laughs> out to political candidates or parties. Who did? Uh, like employees of Twitter. Ah. So this isn't directly from Twitter, but it's people that are like that work for Twitter. So Twitter employees were funding the campaign of both parties? Yeah, but 98% of the money went to the Democratic Party. So 98 so 2% Went to right. the so, Republican Party, 98 went to the Democratic And if you think Party. about like both sides being able to use this service, but 98% of the people who work there are supportive of one side. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not really both mm-hmm. sides don't really get the service. Right. It's like it's like when programs, certain programs are put in a place to try to diversify um, something in some way. You look at that and you might have given a little bit to somebody or... But it's it doesn't it's not even a drop in a bucket, you know. Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, it's right. just like, yeah, it's not real. So and then, so then it goes on to say like the uh, White House spokesperson, she got locked out of her account for tweeting about it. Recently, no, so like when is when was all, all going this happened? Okay, so back in the like twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, before the election. And so they locked her out of her account and she reached out and was like, why am I locked out? And they came back and said, oh, well, you're you were tweeting about material that we marked as hacked or incorrect. And what the I guess the crazy part is like they marked it as that they being like the high up people at Twitter and. Like, the people actually, like, doing the work knew that it was bullshit, but they were just doing it because it was their job. And they're kind of looking at each other like, hey, I don't really think this is, like, hacked material. Why are we marking it this way? But it was just kind of like orders came down. Mm. And to my understanding, it wasn't even, like, the CEO wasn't even involved. It was this girl who was, like, the head of content moderation, kind of just, like, went crazy and just, like, did it all without the CEO's knowledge. Oh, man, it's well, I guess we should have sort of prefaced this for our audience. Um, what are the Twitter files, where they came from, um, why they're out? You know, yeah, so yeah. what's the name of the independent journalist who it's works for Twitter? I'm assuming Matt Tybee and his at is his handle is M-T-A-I-B-B-I. And this is on Twitter. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Um but I know, so it was actually last Friday when the Twitter files dropped. Is that when it was? It's already been yeah. that long? Okay. And um, yeah, right. Elon had mentioned something like the day before or a couple days before or something. Because I remember seeing that and wondering what it was about. And then I saw that whole, the Twitter files thread come out from Matt. Uh, yeah. It, from Matt. It's, yeah, yeah, Matt. It's just really like, I mean, a lot of it... I don't know. It's it's hard to like you don't want to get too caught up in it, but it is really insane that this was just happening and you also don't know what else was happening, you know? That's what's kind of scary about it. Like the first one of the first attachments is like this picture and it's just a it's like an email chain and it's just like a link to five different tweets and it says more to review from the Biden team and then someone responded and said, "Oh, this has been handled." Yeah. It's like 
That's crazy, dude. And I heard, I heard um, one of the things for uh, referencing that was something about Hunter Biden. Um, he had like a sex tape or something they didn't want getting out. Yeah, I and know that. Were, I think that was part of what was on the laptop. Yeah, there was a video of him like smoking and having sex with his girl and doing the 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 sex part was sort of able to be quote unquote scapegoat for throwing that. You know, Cause right? They, yeah, cause people that, were labeling it as like revenge porn and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and people like defending the whole thing are like, oh, they just didn't. He didn't want his sons like dick all over the internet. Right. But it's like it's not about that. Right. You're not a normal person. Like, that's what normal people... Normal people go through stuff like that. Yeah. You're going to be the president. Like, right. you have to know that everything... But... Yeah, they, and they just label just slander and, and everything. But what I... Part of the story itself that never really adds up to me is like... Why would... Like, how did the laptop get where it was? Because it, the, it, they just left it. Somebody just left it at a repair shop in Delaware... And then just never came back for it. That's what happened. And then the guy like who was working on it kept trying to get in contact with the person who dropped it off and they just wouldn't answer his phone calls. So he just turned it into the FBI because he like got in there and realized like, oh, there's like some crazy stuff on here. I don't know if the, how that's not like a violation of privacy, I guess, because it was given to him as repair shop or something. Hmm. But yeah, I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's how it all surfaced. Is uh. it this somebody just left the laptop with all the pictures and then the email chains between Hunter and then the uh the oil guy, the Ukrainian oil guy that um who's just the who, energy company. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um like those emails were on there and then like like all the pictures and stuff. So the energy company was working with Hunter Biden, or they were yeah. So he was getting money from that company. I yeah, believe. and and he had some kind of seat on their board. Um, I'm sounding. I feel like I'm starting to break down. Sound a little bit dumb here, but like some kind of seat on their board. But it was really just so that they could have access to Joe Biden. That or at least that's what the news article right. says. And that was a Ukrainian company, right? Yeah. Correct. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then and it's, at one point, Joe Biden had come out and like really tried to push for a certain member of that company to be removed. And I think like they're trying, they're kind of tying it all together. Like this is actually some kind of like personal gain between the three, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, that's like the, the the. It's just weird how it ended up like somebody just left it there like how did that happen it's almost like somebody wanted it to get out you know yeah or you just do so much crack you forget about your laptop you dropped off at the repair shop right i guess that's true i mean that's part of me thinks it was left there to never be found right he just thought they it would kind of die on the vine yeah that's what i was just a small store but why but if you never wanted to be found why wouldn't you just break, break it, it right throw it know. away keep it it's just weird that it ended up like. It is strange. Because I mean, you know, you have to know there's a chance, unless you're just that right. much of an idiot. But I can't believe that. Crack kills. <sighs> I guess so. But yeah, the as far as the Twitter files go, I mean, it's really. I think it's really cool that they're putting it all out there. I like it. I just. I don't know. 
I hate that stuff like this comes out after a sur- I mean it's it's past time of relevancy to the average person. You know what I mean? Right? That's what I think. Yeah, th- this specific instance, but the I guess the principle is like they're going to this is kind of his pledge that they're not going to do shady stuff anymore. It's like, look, this is what was going down. Like I'm showing you right now what Twitter was doing in that time period, which like really isn't a good look for Twitter in general. But I feel like the fact that he's just like he's being very open about it and he's like kind of showing like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are also like giving him a little bit too much credit of being like he's putting his life on the line and putting the elites in their place and stuff. It's like I feel like he's more just putting like Twitter in its place. You know, he's exposing like this is like a thing we were doing and the government was taking advantage of it. But it's like obviously they're going to take advantage of that. It's the government, you know. Right. Well, sort of encompassing everything, like what I started with saying, the fact that a big company was able to do this and hide this, like how often do you think stuff like this is going on today? Um, I don't know. I look at this and look how Twitter handled this and how, just because I, like I said, it's, it's sort of going against the Constitution, I feel like. It's scary. And I mean, it's, there's One no control. The no, yeah, and the big tech companies have way too much power. And the only exactly, I mean, the government can't even control them in some sense. No, they can't. That's I mean, I feel like those are the people who really run what goes on. You know, like, like big tech. Yeah, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, like that that kind of thing. Like, because it skews, obviously. And this is a again, I'm not saying if this story, if this didn't happen, that. Donald Trump would be the president right now. I don't, right. it's hard to, you can't say that because right. you don't know, but it's like the fact that something potentially like that could potentially change the course of something, a large nationwide event was just brushed under the rug for one side's benefit is just, that's not right. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like there's no, there's no place to get like true news or gather like real information like you have to pick and choose I think we kind of talked about this already a couple weeks ago but it's like you have to pick and choose from so many different places and I mean I'm definitely not like I don't think Twitter is just amazing now and perfect but like I do actually have hope for it just from stuff like this so I, I think it's more just about the fact that he's willing to just he Elon is just willing to just kind of throw this shit out there be like, look, this is what was happening. And I feel like there's no better way to earn people's trust than being transparent like that. Yeah, it's true. And I I, th- I would say I like what he's done so far with Twitter. I don't... The thing that I find interesting, and I don't know if we mentioned this before or not, um, but just hearing how much he overspent on purchasing Twitter and when Twitter was already a... Um, it was losing money. You know what I mean? They weren't, Twitter wasn't making money. They were losing right. it. And the fact that he overpaid so much for it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me, to me. But then I wondered if that, if him overpaying gave him um, any equity in the company. I'm sure, yeah. I'm right? sure. And also, I mean, I think he really wanted to do this as part of like, 
trying to help society. Like, I really believe that. I mean, maybe he's bullshitting when he says that, but Twitter is important for the future of the country. I think politically very, very, very important. It might be one of the most important tools we have. And I feel like he was, he, he over, overpaid for it, but he was just like, I felt like it was important to him to get this done and get it a, like as soon as possible. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I wanted to add about the, I don't know, they were, I don't know if you saw this, employees were getting like a $400 lunch. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Like every day, that was their lunch. They had a budget up to $400 for the lunch. Yeah, and he cut that and people were upset. upset. But I mean, I th- but stuff like that, that's why they weren't making any money. Like think about how many think about how many employees they had. And plus none of them came into the office. I think it was like a $400 budget per person, which was like was the money spent for like food around like the office campuses or campus, right? Cuz a big company like that has a few buildings like on a campus. Right. But nobody was coming into work cuz everybody was working from home. So I think like it was essentially just like money poured into this food budget that like 10% of the people were taking advantage of. Ah, uh, okay. And so he came in and took away their lunch, but it's like, you make $200,000 a year. Just go yeah. buy some, like go buy Jersey Mike's, you right. know, like I don't feel bad for you because you don't get free lunch anymore. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like he went, really went in and changed a lot of things right away. And I mean, a lot of people left and they were upset about that, but I mean, that's okay. That's what happens when your company gets bought, you know, things change. I know there's like more coming from this Twitter files thing. I'm kind of anxious to see like what else they kind of throw out there. I know this was probably going to be the biggest one, but who knows? Well, something just came out today, a couple hours ago. Yeah. And it was like kind of like a, a, a reasoning why it had a new one hadn't come out yet. Oh, he called it a supplement or something, right? Yeah. As if there was no info or just to yeah, add so, to the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Something about there was like an employee. Oh, dead air, dead air. Line, line. Twitter Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Oh, he was a, wasn't he a former? Um, FBI General Counsel, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't really know what that means. I don't really know either, but I. I just don't understand how this like happened. But yeah, I think like he had more access to those files. Like he, I guess he had like some kind of access to the things that they were talking about that they didn't realize he had, and he was like an employee of Twitter. But it was like, I guess they didn't realize it because it seems like as soon as they found out, they fired him. So I don't really even vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management. Yeah, so he like had access to all those different Yeah, yeah, that's this is actually like kind of crazy. So they might have just been worried he was going to do what this guy did years ago maybe. Yeah, I just feel like releasing the files of someone named Jim 
yeah, it was like I, I guess just nobody realized who this guy was and how he Yeah. I don't know. This one doesn't really make sense to me, but that's what I'm kind of gathering that he just had like access to all of this information they had and then nobody realized this is who it was and then when they found out who it was, they got rid of him. So that's what's kind of been, I guess, holding up a new drop or whatever. Mm. Oh, more more info coming up. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's really good to be transparent, which is not something you see very often with a big company like Twitter. That's a fact. So, and I, I think all the small improvements and tweaks are just going to keep getting, making it a, a better and better platform. And I guess we'll see. I mean, you look you look at what he did with Tesla. Yeah, I mean the guy he, and the guy's an innovator, and he looks at things a different way. And I just feel like that's undeniable. Yeah. SpaceX, Tesla, PayPal. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's definitely something I want to like keep up with and keep kind of chatting up about yeah. as more things come out because it is pretty interesting to me. Not necessarily the whole Hunter Biden situation, but just the fact that we're kind of seeing what's going on on the inside of a large tech company, whereas before it was always pretty mysterious. And we're, I mean, you could say we're seeing it in real time because stuff's being exposed, even though it happened a few years ago. But I'm excited to see what Twitter looks like a year from now. Yeah, you for know, sure. Especially with the 2024 election. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a first major election with this platform changed up. So that's going to be a really wild time, I feel like. You know what else is wild? Hmm. These new Spotify raps. Dude, Spotify Wrapped is back. The best time of the year for people to really Okay, I just have to get this off my chest. I Go really ahead. can't stand when people put their Spotify Wrapped on their story or something and then they like caption it. Wow, or this looks right or sounds about right. Like it is right. It's literally you. It's not they didn't guess. You know, it's like they're treating it like Oh wow, they did such a good job like guessing my music. It's like they didn't. It's literally just like how many times you listen to that. So I don't mind when people post it. It's cool. It's part of the time of year. But I hate when people say like sounds about right or makes sense. It's like yeah, it makes sense. It's you. It's literally like it's just numbers. It's not like uh, I don't know. Something about that really just makes me angry. Is it any comment or just comments? Just comments like, like specifically like that. Okay. What if you're genuinely surprised about who your top five artists are? Because if you have a well-balanced music taste, you're probably not sure what... No, I think that's okay. I just hate when people are like, yup, sounds like uh, me. Okay. It's like, yeah, duh. It's fuck, it's, <laughs> it's you. Yeah, it is you. Right, I got you. I hate that. Like, I, I, I just feel like you're just like, you're like almost pretending like you're treating it like it's guessing and it's not. It just well, and nobody's talking to you either. You're yeah. talking to yourself when you post that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get you're you're sharing it and I and I'm one. I like seeing people spot. I don't think it's a problem when no. I see people posting it cuz I'm genuinely curious to see what other people are listening to, you know? Yeah, I, I love Spotify rap. I just that specific thing is just for it really just irks me when people are like that sounds like me. Okay. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't know. 
that I hate that. But other than that, I I love everybody's Spotify rap posts. Did you do you have your uh, top uh, five genres? Yeah. So you go first because I have to watch the animations on mine because I did not. Oh, do you take know where it is? It's the second one. It's the second one. I think so. Okay. Maybe third. All right. My top five genres of 2022. Number one. Now nah, let's start at number five. Yeah. Underground hip hop. Underground hip. What qualifies as underground hip hop? See, see, that's one thing about Spotify. I don't really understand because on the like songs page, you can like pick which genre. You know, have you seen that? Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes I'll have hip hop songs in there that aren't hip hop songs or country songs in there that aren't country songs. Yeah, it's not a perfect system, I don't think. So I don't know what goes into this underground hip hop. Fair. You know what I mean? It could be like underground today. It could be like people who are coming up on SoundCloud, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I guess it's just something that's not necessarily in the mainstream. Just not mainstream. Okay. That's all right. So number four uh-huh. for me, I've got uh, rock. Nice. Nice classic. Yeah, I don't, and that's the thing. I none of my top five artists are underground hip hop or rock music. Well, Um, yeah, but I'm sure you have a good amount of listen time. So yeah, I just don't know who I listen to the the most for that genre. Like I couldn't tell you who. That'd be kind of cool if they broke it down even farther like that, or just showed a like maybe three. I don't know. Might be doing too much. Number three. Yep. Pop. Okay. That doesn't surprise me too much. I feel like this last year I've been listening to more lighter music. Um, I've talked about those Spotify blend playlists before. A lot of mm-hmm. my friends who I check those blends, I I feel like that's where I get my um, my dose of pop music. Okay. No, I think that's... Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm not actively seeking it. Right. It's just kind of... It's just yeah. gets shuffled on and I listen to it. Gotcha. It's pretty easy listening. Yeah, that's true. Number two, contemporary country. Ooh. I like that. I'm, I'm glad I didn't get like the um, just country. Yeah, contemporary country. That makes you sound very sophisticated. Right. I appreciate that. And then number one. Hip hop. Rap. Rap. But, man, this thing really knows me. Wow, that sounds just like me. Yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> How do they do this every year? No, that's my top five genre. I wasn't surprised with the rap, obviously, but uh, underground hip hop. That's cool. And the pop were surprising to me. Underground hip hop is cool. Yeah, I like that. So, my number five is rock. Number four is. (laughs) Some of these sound pretty douchey. Number four is indie garage rock. Let's go, man. Sick. So sick. All right, so you got rock at five for indie garage rock. Do you know. What artists? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like I don't. I really don't know what would classify as indie garage rock. But okay. I feel like it can almost fall under the same lines as like underground hip hop. Like it's just maybe things that aren't necessarily for the for the rock title. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It means Num- the same thing pretty much. Number three, indie pop. Sick. Damn. Okay. Let's go, dude. Indie pop. Um. Who's not, that? Um. I don't know. Again, I really indie, don't know. Indie just means independent. I think that's what it's supposed to mean, but it doesn't really mean that because like, the, these are all artists that are on labels, you know? Right. And it's I know... It's just kind of like a... It's like become a genre of like 
new age rock music that's I don't know. It's hard to put it like it's, it's the, the Arctic Monkeys are an indie rock band, but seriously? they're not. Yeah, but they're not a. They're not indie, right? I feel like indie <laughs> indie isn't doesn't necessarily mean independent, which maybe it does. I'm just wrong, but I feel like it's more of an aesthetic. Like to be to be labeled indie, I feel like when I think of a group that's indie, I I feel like I can picture something in my mind, you know? Yeah, and I think it's like it's it's lost a little bit of meaning. Because I feel like there's a lot of... Because I feel like part of it was kind of always like, this is something that not that many people listen to. At least that's what I kind of always gathered from that kind of scene, oh, like I guess. like historically? Yeah. Like in your life? Yeah, Yeah, I'd but now it's that. like... I mean, the Arctic Monkeys aren't... That's not like a band that you say and people are like, what's that? Like, it's not cool to listen. You know what I mean? It's like, trendy. Yeah, to be it, I guess. indie, I feel like. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I am look back at 2006 and I hear about an indie, indie, indie group or whatever, and... This uh, this is specifically there's this movie called Yes Man with um, Jim Carrey. Okay, and I think in that the movie is about him saying yes to everything and he lives his life differently and all that. But I think there's a scene where they go see this indie band, and this the the girl he's interested in the movie. I think she's in the indie band. Okay, and it doesn't help because it doesn't sound like you've seen the movie. But anytime <laughs> I think of indie, I, see, I think of you this think band. of that. I have not seen it. And it's just like, there's nobody there to see it. There's like, maybe yeah, that's in a I, bar on the Wednesday or something. You know That's what I mean? like, I think that's kind of what the, where it came from. Yeah. Like the idea of an indie band is like, or something you've, you've, you're listening to and people are like, no, I've never, like, I don't know what that is, but I like this. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the case anymore. Number two, hip hop. You're cultured, man. I know. Love that. Then the number one's indie rock. So I have a lot of indies, nice. but we kind of already just talked about indie. So, so you got go rock at five, indie garage rock at four. Yeah. Indie pop indie at three. Pop, hip hop. Indie rock. Wow. That's solid. How edgy can one guy be? That's cool though. Yeah, I like it. I mean, that sounds like me. <laughs> Do you have your uh, most listened to... Not your most listened to artists, but how much time you spent with them. Did you get any of that? Or oh, yeah. I mean, I have it all. I just, again, you can go first because I, I didn't, like, take a screenshot of anything. So, right. I have to, like, watch all the animations. Well, I'll wait to say that because that person's my number one artist. You want to do songs? Sure. Top, with the top five. Top five songs. Yeah, sure. Uh, number five for me, uh, City of Gods by Fabio Foran, Ye, and Alicia Keys. Okay, that's good. That's number five. You want me to go five to one? Or you yeah, want yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can go five to one. At four, I have Easy. Okay. By the game featuring Ye. At three, I have Young Harleasy. Oh, off of yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Harlow's 2022 album, Come Home, The Kids Miss You. At number two, I have Nail Tech, which was the first lead single off of that album for Jack Harlow. I didn't know you liked that song so much. I'll explain after I say my number one. Um, okay. And the number one is First Class for Jack off the same album. But I just, when he puts, and those were both singles, so when he puts the singles out, I'm usually listening to them a lot when they first come out, and then it just, the stats go crazy when I'm listening to it. Yeah. And then when I, the album comes out, I listen to the album a handful of times, and those songs are It just be- comes, I feel like that's what happened when, he, when What's Poppin' came out, because I remember oh. I would listen to that, like, Every time I listen to it, I listen to it twice. And I was yeah. like, this is going to be such like, the stats on this are going to be crazy. That's the thing. And I sort of hate doing that because I know it inflates 
my number because I want them to look as organic as possible. Like I can't but, stand when I see people that have like eighty thousand listening, like eighty thousand minutes of listening. I'm like, or they've listened to one artist for like one hundred twenty one hours that week or that year. It's like, is that real or did you just leave your phone playing and you fell asleep? Because that's a well, really that easy that's way to a, that's different. Stats. But I mean, as far as like you listening to that song a shit ton when it comes out as a single, I feel like that kind of is organic. Because you, you're just listening to it that much because you like it that much. Yeah, I guess. But I know what you're saying. Like, I feel the same way. But at the same time, like, I feel like that's, like, almost as organic as it gets. Because, like, that's just you loving that song so much that you listen to it on repeat. Even though, like, if you were playing music for a group or something, you wouldn't just put one song on repeat for the whole time. Even though that's, even if that's what you want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I know in twenty the 2021 wrapped, I had... A bunch of, um, a bunch of numbers from Donda, because that album came out, and I love that album. Right, so you just burned it all the time. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that, that's it for my songs. What about you? Number five, "Be Above It," Tame Impala. This one snuck on there. I feel like I. There was a period of time that I listened to this song like so much. Um, Okay, it would be like a... It's a really nice uh, day-starting song. It's the opening track on the second album. Um, Yeah, I don't really... I, I don't listen to it that much now, you know? But there was like a probably a solid few months where it was like almost like an everyday thing. And then... <laughs> the next four songs, four through one, <laughs> are all Beach House. I knew it. What a fucking loser. <laughs> um, People love Beach House. I love Beach House. Yeah. Number four, Once Twice Melody. Number three, What's Runaway. Once Twice Melody. Once Twice Melody. Number three, Runaway. Number two, Superstar. And those are all on the same album. It's not the... That's the newest one. But it's not the Yay Runaway. No. No. <laughs> no. <fire. laughs> and um, what's number one? Lemon Glow, which is also Beach House, but that's a different album. Oh, that's I like that album. song. Yeah. That song, that song is crazy. That's the song that was on the, um, yeah, the, the real we put up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I like that song because that's like that, this happens to me a lot. Like I, I'll see a band live, and there'll be a song that I like, but I'm not like a huge, huge fan of. It. And then I'll see them do it, and then I'm like, oh my god, I get it now. And that happened. Like I saw them do that, and it was like that was probably like the best song, one of my favorite songs that they did. And I just like just couldn't stop listening to it since. That's fire. So, so yeah, that. uh it's really no secret who my number one artist is because <laughs> it's literally all top four of my songs. Who is it? It's Beach House. Shout out. Go check them out. out. No, yeah. but what I was saying, I think I texted you about it. I couldn't believe how many people, how many friends I had that were listening to Beach House because you're the only person I've ever heard talk about them aside from like seeing them on online a little bit. Yeah. I feel like they, their album that came out this year was really good. I feel like that might have been part of why people jumped on also they had a song that went really big on tiktok so that probably introduced some fans uh, i did now that you say that i do remember that yeah so but, that so they got some new fans this year yeah they did which cool. is good that's yeah, a good thing as gross. long as people are actually listening to them and not just the one song right but even if it's just the one song that is a really good song so shout out steve lacy yeah um all right what what are your minutes listen well your top genre was indie rock indie rock um what are your total minutes listen look like uh my total minutes are 61,274 respect thanks i'm at 53,000 
in 47 minutes, which is low compared to last. I think last year I was at like 59, maybe 58. But I I was listening to more. That doesn't include podcasts, I don't think. It does, I think. But on that, because I saw you guys talking about it, but on that, on like the wrapped graphic, yeah, it it ties in podcasts later, and I got a different minutes listened on there. Oh yeah, maybe it doesn't. So I don't know. I could be wrong, but from what I saw, it didn't do that. <sighs> but I listen to a lot of podcasts too, though. I don't know. I'm not going to pull up my exact number, but. I do listen to a good about a good amount of podcasts. Do you know how long you listen to Beach House? This yeah, year? Um, three thousand two hundred fifty-four minutes. Three thousand two hundred fifty-four minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean it is a lot, and it's like I like I said, I always get a fever when I see a band live. I'll just like that's like all I can listen to for like the month after I see them. Yeah, especially them because I saw them twice in the same. Like two weeks apart. So were you in their top X percent? Yeah, zero point one. Nice. You're gonna get you're gonna get a higher number or a lower number next year or what? You like will I become even more of a fan? Yeah. I don't know. Um Damn, that's interesting. To think it's potentially because I feel like I didn't listen to them at the beginning of the I mean I always listen to them, but like I didn't start listening to them heavy until I saw them, which was in the summer. So I guess if I have a full year, like when the oh, year yeah. started, I, I always like to kind of call out and like within like after a month, like try to think of like who I think it's going to be at the end of the year. And I thought it would be Tame Impala, but that fell off, you know, things change. Who's your top artist? Jack. Whoa. Jack. That was weird. Whoa. Whew. My minutes listen. Three thousand eight hundred and sixty-three, and the zero point zero five percentile. Sheesh. So that's cool. I sort of it doesn't doesn't surprise me that much. It's also cool because I mean you I you're a day one fan, yeah. Jack Harlow. Like, Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just feel like that's that is cool. Plus, I just like that number. It's cool to see like. You're like a pretty diehard fan of a certain artist. Yeah, I'm a. I feel like this is the first year in a while that. Wait. Wait, keep going. Sorry. I, I can't remember who my top artist was last year, but I want to say it's been the Arctic Monkeys like every year for the since they started doing this. So, um, who were your other four artists? Well, let's. I'll go from five. Okay. Pusha T, five. Okay. Mac Miller, four. Okay. Drake, three. Yay. Yay, two. Jack one. Yay is also my two. Let's go. Um, Tame Impala, Courtney Barnett, Arctic Monkeys, still kicking. Yay. Beach House. That's a, that's a solid group right there. Yeah. I... um. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see Courtney Barnett and Beach House twice last year, both twice each. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And I have tickets to see the Arctic Monkeys, so I'd like to see Tame Impala, but maybe someday. One day for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I was. that's definitely pretty fortunate to see two of your top five artists twice in the same year. Damn, I didn't even think about that. That's fire. 
I got to do that too. Well, in 2021, I guess. Going to Chicago and then. That's right. Yeah. But. Well, cool. Yeah, I was. I was. I know I've sort of talked about Pusha T's album that he dropped this year, but I was surprised to see him crack my top five. I he's the first time he's been in there. Everybody else has been in my top five before. Right. I, and you, I guess it's just because you listen to that new album so much. Yeah, I was spinning it like crazy. Because usually it's Chris Stapleton. You, my top five doesn't seem to change. Yeah, mine mine stays They'll within swap the same order, world for sure. Yeah. But like Jack and Ye swapped. Ye got dropped down to two. But that's because he didn't put out an album this year. But that's cool. I, think, I don't think Kanye was on any of mine before. I feel like I listen to a lot more I definitely listen to a lot more of his music this year just because of the documentary and stuff I feel like that's kind of when I really started plus I feel like us hanging out and, and talking it up more mm-hmm. which made me kind of get more into some of the stuff that I didn't used to listen to but but yeah Con- our Arctic Monkeys are always there Courtney Barnett was there last year Tame Paula, I think that's their first year in my top five but they're usually that's usually an artist I listen to a good bit I do have my favorite meme. The it like looks like one of the cards from it. It uh, just says you are the only Arctic Monkeys fan in the world. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I got to post that. I post it every year. I um, saw um, those memes are those memes are funny. The Spotify rap memes. Yeah, I mean it's funny to make fun like and like there's like a there's like videos of people like how people expect you to react to your Spotify rap. It's just like I feel like there are so many people that really do feel that way, but. It's fun. It's a fun time of year. So keeping on the Spotify rap train, um, is able to dig up one for the pod. So um, check out some of the stats for us for this year, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It was kind of surreal. Like it's even surreal watching it like now. Like it's crazy to see that, like, you know, the logo and everything on Spotify wrapped like as a creator. Um, yeah. I, shout out to Spotify for doing this. And I also found like a lot more resources for Spotify, um, like for podcasting, like they have like graphics and stuff that they, they make that you can send out. So, uh, okay. um, probably start doing some of that. So we created, more content than 55% of other creators in our category. That's solid. Well, especially because what? We st- what we started in October? Yeah. Is that right? Wait, is that right? I know that's when we started recording. Okay, so. Well, this is episode eight. And it's <laughs> that's first crazy. episode of December. Yeah. Again, I wish I kind of had this without all the animations, but. All right, this is fun. Can you guess your number one episode? Episode one or two? Episode on Spotify, though, specifically, right? Yeah, on Spotify specifically. I'm going to say episode two. Nope. Damn. People love the parrot. Have you ever had a parrot? Yo, because that dropped on Spotify like three days after, didn't it? Or f- it, it, it I, so, actually, looking back, I don't know if it actually did or if I just didn't, couldn't, wasn't being able to find Access it. Access it? Ah. Yeah. Because, like, I remember it said on our feed, like, uh, it was active on Spotify on time. I was like, oh, awesome. So I, ser- I started searching it on Spotify. I kept searching it and I couldn't find it anywhere. And then 
like I kept trying and then finally like a couple of days later I searched for have you ever had a pair I just I didn't search for the name of the podcast and it popped up but that has 28% more streams than the average episode so shout out the parrot <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was just a lot of buzz around that like there's hype around the but yeah we got some good numbers on YouTube Dude, I know it's the the support has been crazy. Like, even looking at, like looking at this, we have eighty listeners and like thirty something followers. Like, that's crazy to me, dude. That's like blows my mind. So shout out to the family because it is like actually really fucking cool that people actually listen to this. Give a fuck about what we have to say. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, and I'm excited to keep kind of growing it and stuff. I'm excited to get some fools on here, man. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. We need some people on here. Break up what's what's going on with us. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Top country was the United States. I feel like I don't want to take too much time and go through all of this, but maybe we'll post some snippets of it that oh, are yeah. cool. That's a good call. Um, but yeah, um... Yeah, I feel like you could really dive into all the stats on here and like really try to figure out what was working and stuff. But all the analytics. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you know the crazy thing about analytics. You want to know what's crazy about analytics? <laughs> yeah, sure. You can use them to make some assessments on how much money you're gonna put on the winning team for the Super Bowl one year, or. Who's going to knock somebody out on fight night for the UFC one Saturday night, you know? You can also use them to decide what the best decision to make in a car crash is. That is a fact. I, you know, I used to really be into sports gambling. Like, I mean, when I say really into, I would it would be like $5 bets, you know? But I don't know. It got to the point where it was just too stressful. But... I will say the most fun thing to bet on is the UFC by far. You can just like watch the guys come in for weigh in. You just look at them. You just know who's a winner. You bet on them, and then you just have something to cheer for for the fight. That is pretty exciting. So, yeah, I I definitely could see myself betting on UFC again because I. That's definitely the one I enjoy the most. Well. You better hope you're not in Ontario when you're looking to bet on UFC. I was just about to say, I feel like I heard something about, like, there's places in Canada that are not allowing you to bet on UFC. Yeah, so recently there was this, I guess, a UFC scandal of of some sorts with this this character named James Krause. And from my understanding, he's a um, he's like a trainer or coach. He has his own gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me this. I have it somewhere... Okay, continue. I just wanted to have it to reference. So, anyways, it. this guy's like a trainer or coach, and he's got he's trained multiple fighter, multiple um, like fighters with with good resumes and everything. And anyways, sports betting I feel like has sort of really, really got charged up in the last three years. I think it was our junior year at college, maybe when once it started getting legalized yeah, again. Yeah, once it was legalized in Virginia so and like more online, states. Yeah. yeah, and at least for me, that's when I really started it or started seeing it more. Um, so anyways, this guy, James, he, he started a discord, a discord chat. Um, 
which is just something. It's just an app that you can message people on for right. everybody who doesn't know what Discord is. Um, and I heard he had about five thousand people in there by the time it was like all said and done, I guess. But the people he was having in his Discord, he was charging them either fifty dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month for picks for UFC fight for fight cards. So you were picking who he thought he was going to, or James was telling his audience picks for who he thought was going to win, who he thought you should take for this, this and this different things. like. So that. he was charging people money for that service of having like his, his insider info, I guess his expertise. Yeah. What was his percentage? Do you know, like what were what was the average percentage of like what people would win? I guess it was worth it if he had 5,000 people on there. Well, he said, I listened to a little snippet from an interview today and he was saying he was making way more money doing this than he was actually doing his job. Right. Because fighters, unless you're a prize fighter, you're not making that much money anyways. Right. And your trainer or your coach, he said he was only getting paid like 10% of what the fighter made in that fight. Damn. So if you're making, was 10% of 20 grand? Two, two grand. grand. So like, and that's for 14 weeks of training yeah. and fighting. It's so not, it's not a, yeah. It's not anything that's not, at all. Yeah. So. I know he was making a lot of money, and he was from what he the way he was talking on the the interview clip. He was he was doing pretty well for himself, but damn. Um, and on on August first, he said he had two thousand members in his Discord, right? And there was okay. no there was no um, legality between, um, I guess, doing what he was doing. There was he wasn't breaking any rules doing what he was doing. Okay, so there's like. There wasn't any UFC regulations, I guess, versus the gambling and federal legality of the whole situation. So, I feel like that's... Oh, but I guess he's not technically... He's not a UFC employee, so he'd be allowed. Because, like, the fighters obviously can't wait gamble or anything. You sure about that? I'm pretty sure. I'm sure if you're a UFC employee, you can't. You don't think Sugar Sean has put any money on himself? No, I, I'm sure... He, I don't... I think they're probably... Are you saying fighters can, but in, like staff members? No, can? I'm saying nobody that's a UFC employee could could potentially bet on the fights. Or else you'd have like the you know the commentators betting on it and stuff like that, which you wouldn't want. Because um, then you'd get biases and stuff. And but I guess as a trainer, maybe he's not technically an employee of the UFC, so he'd right. be allowed to gamble because he has his own gym, right? But anyways, so. There was this fight that was happening, um, and something happened to where literally right before the fight, the um, people started the what do you call it the minus the odds the odds started changing like rapidly. Okay, because uh, so many people were dumping money on one particular bet. So on on November fifth, it was a ninety minute time span. The odds went from minus two thirty seven to minus three sixty two, and that's that's an insane yeah. amount of activity and it was for a first round finish. Oh. Right. And it literally changed in 90 minutes right before the fight. So it's starting to sound fixed. Correct. Right. So where, how does this guy play into all that? Fixed it was people out. from his, or the fighter was in his gym or. So now there's no, there's no actual evidence that other than all the speculation, there's no, there's no hardcore evidence aside from, the action of that bet going to minus 237 to minus 362. That's like the only real but, evidence. But was the fighter involved 
part of this guy's camp or something? Or was this guy just... Yeah, it was it was one of this guy's. Okay, fighters. so he was involved with the with the fighter, mm-hmm. okay. and it was his fighter who went out in the first round. So, the speculation is he put some kind of, or had somebody put out a thing on his Discord, Discord saying, "Hey, the fight the fighter I've been training with is injured. He's going to go down in the first round. Put money on him. Put money against him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's what swung those odds so bad, right? Because so, everybody started doing it. Now, is there actually proof that that got posted on his Discord? Well, that from what I saw today, that hadn't come up, and that was on October. But it almost has to be, right? You'd think. No, but, he's definitely the lead suspect because he talks about betting. So, so they had at least two thousand people in there. But think about how hard it's going to be to get somebody who is doing. Think about how hard it is to get screenshots from that discord of him posting right. those messages and stuff. Right. Cause you're, if you have that screenshot, you're sort of automatically, um, putting yourself in a position where now what is now considered you were, you were breaking the law, I guess. I guess. But at the same time, if you were ignorant of that, it's like, it's, 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 it's insider trading. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, Not like that. That's a good thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that is pretty crazy. And, so, anyways, the fight was on November fifth, okay, and that's when all the odds switched. And then on November eleventh, Dana put out Dana White, the president, the, the president of UFC, put out a statement saying that there was absolutely no evidence that anyone involved in the fight bet on said fight. So none of none of the fighters or the coaches in the or, anything, or anything, but like that. but just because he didn't necessarily bet on it doesn't mean he put he didn't put the tip out there mm-hmm. for so his paid subscribers because i mean if he's noted saying that's where he makes his money mm-hmm. he's going to take care of those people like if he has a hot tip like that he's going to get it to him because mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna grow his audience people are gonna be like man this guy this guy knows yeah shit. this guy just told us to, a first round finish because that's like not a super easy bet to win so that was on the 11th so that was five days after the fight eight days after that so on the 19th James Krause was... James su- Krause is the coach, right? Yes. James Krause suspended from being with his fighters in Nevada. So, if the if his fighters are fighting, he can't be ringside with them. But only in Nevada. Correct. So, anywhere else he can be there. Yes. Also on the 19th... Well, I'll take that back. Also on the 19th, New Jersey prohibited any sports betting involving James Krause. So now this guy's being sort of so if, if, blacklisted. If it's his fighter in the ring, you can't bet on it. Anybody from wow. his camp. Yep. So that was on the 19th. And then on the 24th, um, his his it's called the 1% Club Discord. That's his thing that he gives the tips mm-hmm. out. Okay. So his Discord and his YouTube channel were deleted right before Thanksgiving. And then December 1st, which is last week, is when Ontario, um, the Alcohol and Gaming or Gambling Commission prohibited all bets concerning the UFC. Wow! So they're so this is like Ontario, kind of a big deal. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty big. And then December second, Alberta did the same thing. I'm assuming Alberta is in it's in Canada as yeah. well. So it's a the Canadians are not rocking. Well, some of the Canadians because there are some Ottawa. I think they're still allowing it. It's allowing it yeah. as of now. So they could change their mind as evidence comes out. But 
So did the, did the bet hit? Did the guy get knocked out in the first round? Yeah, he lost in the first round. Yeah. Okay, so it hit. Um, and then on the second as well, UFC released a statement after Alberta followed suit. Mm-hmm. UFC released a statement. James Krause fighters will not be able to be affiliated with UFC. So they've wow. completely blacklisted his gym, his fighters, himself. Um, it's really interesting. This whole this whole thing's going on because it what's happening to the UFC if, if because they sort of um, what's the word distance themselves from James. They got rid of the problem, the guy who was causing the issues. But they didn't really change anything to show that the system is no longer. Um, like it, it could just happen again. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. Yeah, they, they got rid of that one guy. but. And what I was hearing today is that at those those events, the fighters are all. It's really easy to see each other backstage. Right. And in the training rooms, it's like everything's yeah. all intermingled together. So if um, if you've got backstage pass or something and you're in the back and you're walking around and you hear something about a fighter that, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's hurt and you're like, oh shit, pull out your phone, place bet. I don't know. Whereas if you look at the NFL, the two teams are never at the same facility until they go on the field pretty much. Right. Uh, so, Yeah, that is that is pretty strange, but I, I guess it's just like they just have to crack down on discords and stuff like that because they could they'd be able to find out if someone within the UFC umbrella was actually betting on something. They'd be able to figure that out. You'd think, unless it was a third party and he's texting his buddy to say. I still feel like that it would get right. Yeah. Uh, it would it would get found out because it's like. That's like too easy, or you could just bet on yourself and get twice the payday if you win. If you know you're gonna win, you like know? Floyd, because Floyd bets on himself in every yeah. fight. But that's also not UFC. That's yeah, that's different. <laughs> right. Well, at the same time, it's. I mean, what's the difference in boxing? Yeah, it's, nothing. It's a one-on-one fight. Nothing. I I don't understand. Like, that's what also makes it. I tough. feel like it's you should be able team. to bet on yourself. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to bet yeah. against yourself. But betting mm-hmm. on yourself, what's the difference? You're gonna try your best anyway. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that is pretty crazy though. Like, I, as you sent it to me, and I had briefly looked over it before, but I didn't guess I didn't realize the magnitude of the situation. Well, it's. I mean, it's. Are there a lot of fighters that go to him? Is he like a pretty major coach? Or? I I just know he's had some notable fighters with him, but yeah, I don't. At least in my lifetime, I don't remember something like this happening with another like worldwide sport. You know, and you look at how successful UFC was through the pandemic. They never stopped. Yeah. Dana kept all his employees fully employed. And then this happens and you've got cities in Canada that pretty much don't want to don't want to support you in any way when you're not allowing people to to bet. Because when you're betting on something, you're more invested in obviously. Yeah. Like when I sat down and watched a fight with you one time, you put a bet on it. Especially if you're a casual watcher, you're going to be more into it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So those people in those cities are no longer doing that, so they're less likely to watch the fight. Yeah, it's hurting their market yeah. there for sure. Absolutely. Their, their growth and areas they were relevant might see a decline. So That's that is pretty insane. But I think, it, I think it's sort of because of how popular sports betting has gotten in the last few years, I think this is going to sort of shake up a lot of things, not just in UFC. Um, you might hear about 
Because like these athletes, and that was another thing. These U, these UFC fighters, who are they sponsored by? DraftKings. Yeah. You know, like all these sports no, books. So then yeah. it gets really tricky. I don't know, man. Because they have to be like spokespeople for it, but they're not allowed to actually use it. Right. And that those, I mean, those they don't make that much money fighting. Right. So they do these sponsorship deals to make right. more money, and you're take now you're taking away. I don't know, a, a stream of income. I don't know. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's interesting. It is. I mean, I think it's really interesting to see in the future, like how much more um, gambling and just sports in general are going to get more and more intertwined, I think. Because um, it is a big part. And like you said, it's like a big part of like a, maybe turning a casual watcher into more of a fan and kind of just growing sports in general. Like I feel like already you see like you'll 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 hear an announcer like mention a gambling line or something, maybe more so than you. I mean, shit! You turn on ESPN a day, they've got the odds scrolling yeah. across the bottom of the screen. They've yeah. got, I mean, on one of the channels, it seems like six to eight hours a day they just have betting yeah. lines up. Yeah, ESPN News, I think, yeah. always has the the lines. Yeah, I mean, it's big money because you always lose at the end of the day. Right, but. It's fun though. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, the only thing I enjoy betting on anymore is the UFC. Anything else is just like I'm just like stressed out watching mm-hmm. sports. It's like I don't really want that. Oh man, we are running a bit long today. Appreciate you guys for for sticking with us on this longer episode. Yeah, we're a little bit longer than usual, but that's okay. We had a lot to cover. Um. Yeah, shout out everybody who is listening to this part of the episode. You're our favorite, real one. If you made it to here, go to our YouTube page or go go to this go to this video on YouTube and comment. Um, comment, Nalgene water bottle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just Nalgene. That, that'd be cool too. Uh. Don't forget to like and subscribe as well on YouTube. Yeah, please. And follow us on Spotify uh, or Apple Music. Um, yeah, and we're, we're excited to keep this thing growing and have some guests on really, really soon. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah, first I, guest I'm, coming in a couple weeks. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, we're, we're getting ready. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you again next Friday. Yes, sir. Everybody have a good weekend. Yeah. Have a great weekend. And thanks for starting it off with us. We appreciate it. All right. Love you guys. Peace.